On the Pork and Feed the Birds, we record every episode on unceded Indigenous land, so we like to begin every episode by acknowledging Elders past and present, the lands that we record upon, and also by acknowledging that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. That's how we do things around here. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience. I'm Tom Tanneke, your Joe Rogan for the episode. Um, in the background, you can hear the screaming jets. Um, Newcastle's finest. Actually, no, not Newcastle's finest. The reason I've got it in the background is because we're speaking to Newcastle's actual finest. Being James and Alex of the As a White Man podcast. We have a bit of a yarn about Newcastle as a town. Um their podcast itself and why everyone loves the name that they've chosen for it so much and of course a bit of a chat about the worst Novocastrian of all time Isaac Butterfield hopefully you've all checked out my now completed two-part series on Aussie Q um, if not hop into my YouTube channel have a look at that um, took a lot of work I'm pretty proud of it um, there should be an article out tomorrow through True Crime News Weekly um, concerning uh, old mate Lauren Southern and I expect that one will cause a bit of hubbub so keep your eyes peeled for that um, also keep your eyes peeled for an announcement of an upcoming Melbourne Fringe Festival show that I'll be doing digitally um, I mentioned it at some point during this chat actually but keep an eye on my pages if you don't know what my pages are we'll just type Tom Tanneke into any one of the big old social media platforms um, although I assume if you're listening to this, you're already aware of my endless foghorning on all platforms. If you do enjoy that foghorning, then why don't you chuck a clam my way on Patreon? It's not more important than the many causes that I always uh, promote or talk about on my page. I really believe that. However, if you like hearing the dulcet tones of my honeyed wine, Ambrosia voice, then what better way to, to acknowledge those tones than by chucking a clam at them? Thank you for listening. Let's go to Newcastle. Yes, I'm talking to James and Alex of the As a White Man podcast, aren't I, gentlemen? You sure are. That is correct. This is my revenge invite because um, <laughs> when did I when did I come on to your when did that happen? I can't Ooh, April? Uh, yeah, April yeah, uh, March, April. Yeah, I think it was uh, just as uh, COVID was was getting getting a bit crazy. Height of the toilet paper. Yeah, height of the hoarder, and uh, just as the sort of uh, the Mullumbimbi five uh, G shit was mm. taking off. That was a good time years ago. A, sim- a simpler time. Yes. <laughs> I actually want to start. I, I like thinking about that now. I hadn't realised it because it is such an intense time. You can almost do retrospectives on eras of the lockdown. Mm. The toilet paper era was good. <laughs> it was all a big joke, wasn't it? It was all very funny. Yeah. Oh, I remember February, March, when everyone's was doing the meme jokes about uh, Corona, like the yeah. beer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All the bat jokes. Yeah, the bat and uh, pangolin content was oh. flying flying off the shelves. <laughs> oh. There was some fire pangolin content mm. back then, you know. Yeah, it was really good times. Um, I, uh, I don't, you know, a perverse part of me got excited for a little while there with the, the renewal of Victoria's lockdown that there might be um, some more 
viral fight videos in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want them. You don't want to. You don't. You don't love to see it. it no, you don't. It is entertaining. But imagine walking into that Coles. You know, you know the lockdown's just popped off again, and you're like, you've seen those videos, and you're like, this time I'm going to be the one swinging, <laughs> <laughs> taking a pair of knuckle dusters to get bog roll. <laughs> <laughs> Remember. Remember there was a thing for a while they were going to put the army in Coles? <laughs> I, want to see, I want to see somebody fighting in Coles over those ushy things. That's all he's like. I need a fucking gold, what are they, Yowies or something? I don't even nah, know. Nah, they're all Disney. Oh, they're Disney's highly even better. Yeah. I'm going to deck a fucking soldier. <laughs> for an bushy. Like, I mean, <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way, Grandma. Some army reserve <laughs> private getting punched yeah, in the right. face for a gold ushy, a gold Mulan ushy. <laughs> I'm going to grab a soldier's rifle and aim it at Granny so to make her give me the ushies. My son's going to get bullied if he doesn't have this ushy. <laughs> Do you have anti-lockdown protests in Newcastle? Not that I'm aware of. We we're not really locked down. Our biggest problem is people forget there's a fucking pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. But, okay, so there's not been any. Has there? There's been no COVID cases there. Very sparse. There were a couple like concentrated around a school, a couple of schools. I know um, someone came into my work and said, "Oh yeah, you know, um, I'm keeping my son home today, but he's not sick." Uh, he was just at school on Monday when all the parents in that cluster went to the pub together on Friday, and their schools and their kids went to school on Monday. So there was there was one young man who ha, who was confirmed uh, as uh, being COVID positive, who had been out to the Jets game and a few pubs in that uh, one weekend. That was a couple of months ago, yeah. I would say. But that that made like front page news, and there hasn't been a whole lot of. Uh, subsequent. Yeah, it's been pretty hysteria. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah, we like to keep people from sitting away from here yes. as it is. Oh, so the anti lockdown lot love saying, ah, see, there's not even many deaths from the normal flu this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the social distancing and wearing masks mm. might. No, don't be stupid. That wouldn't be related to that. Of course. I not. mean, yeah, but they're things that, like, I, I mean, they're just statements. So, yes, yes, that is true. That is what there <laughs> has happened this year. And yet, in, in there, they've packaged it as though it's some zinger that demonstrates that, I don't know, Daniel Andrews is going to get shot in Guantanamo Bay or something <laughs> like that. I don't. I don't understand. One of my favourite parts of this year has generally, I suppose, been finding out about the the powers of the coronavirus. Remember when we found out that it was in tigers? No. That makes it terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it didn't come from tigers. It's it's in one – it got a tiger in a zoo caught coronavirus. Oh, I, and I remember I almost – see that, yeah. It's just really depressing. It's been was, it, depressing was it the COVID-19 thing. coronavirus? Yeah, like, yeah, this this one, the oh, big boy, yeah, damn, yeah, poor thing, yeah, it got it and it, uh, you know, fuck, fuck the tiger up. Yeah. Oh, did it die? Is the tiger okay? Uh, let's have a look. Okay, you know what? Let's not just <laughs> we. Hey, we don't exist. It's not because like we're having a 
podcast chat that we can't find out the answers <laughs> to these questions, you know? How do Let's you make tigers more terrifying? Give them coronavirus. <laughs> Did the coronavirus tiger die? This is back in April. Damn. Seven more big cats test positive <laughs> oh for coronavirus. Oh, my God. Hell. It's like oh, you know the what? This is in the cats. This is in the fucking the Bronx. Oh, um, of course. Everything in that entire city got coronavirus. So, <laughs> Crop you know, dusted with coronavirus, that place. Oh, yeah. Also, also some lions got it. The worst part of the year has been finding out about all the cool new things that it can do. You know, I remember yeah. reading when I read about COVID toe. And I was like, okay, so everything else, it also, like, you know, can fuck your toes up. <laughs> you know, and, like, yeah. you starve the blood flow. So I'm like, oh, cool. Don't worry about the heart and lung damage. That's really good, isn't it? I yeah. love this I love this little quote here from uh, Dan Ash, the president of the American Association of Zoos and Aquariums. This is a National Geographic article about these big cats with COVID. Ash said that, yeah. quote, if we'd known the keeper had COVID-19, they wouldn't have been at work. <laughs> He said he believes <laughs> he said he believes human testing should be the priority because quote if the virus can go from people to big cats the most important thing we can do is test the people. <laughs> <laughs> cool man, I should probably take your job. Yeah, like there's politicians that have yet to you know American politicians that have yet to agree with him on that. You know? oh, I'm <laughs> sure they're not in any major position of power though. He's looking after tigers <laughs> at the zoo. <laughs> It's a wonder they're not roaming the streets. There was a man arrested um, for trying to get into New South Wales, from Victoria into New South Wales um, three times in one day. Did you, did you hear about that? No. Like I think like just driving different cars maybe, you know, maybe you put a grouch on Mark singing on at some point. I don't, I'm, I'm not I'm sure. I'm hoping it was at the same that. checkpoint. Yeah, I think so, Fuck. yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe the man that was trying to get up to, was he, maybe he was trying to get to Newcastle. <laughs> Is that, <laughs> that's my segue. <laughs> Tell me about, you lads come from Newcastle. You are Novocastrians, aren't you? Yep, yep. We're the uh, only non-anti-racist uh, uh, Novocastrian podcast in existence. Right. I thought you were going to say the only anti-racist Novocastrians, <laughs> like oh, everyone else. Is I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to agree with that. But I'm not going to disagree. Can you? Can you? For for my listeners, for our listeners, tell me, tell me about your city. Tell me about Newcastle. I've been there a little bit. I haven't been there much. Um, I don't really know about the history of the area. Are you able to tell me about that? I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, <laughs> um, but uh, former, I mean, big big coal town, uh, big steel town, yeah. um, big union town way back when. Uh, is it still now? I mean, is there still a union? Uh, as far as like, I would say as far as unions in Australia exist, like mm. to the degree which they've shrunk over the last 40 or 50 years, yeah. I'd say, I would say yeah. that's happened in Newcastle as well. Um, <clears throat> it's been a safe labour seat, yes. apart from maybe a three-year period in the mid-teens of this century um, yeah. when the developers kind of took over. And that's pretty much the story of Newcastle, I think. So we've gone from uh, extra convict sort of settlement north of Sydney mm. 
into a coal mining town uh, and in the 90s, the major steelworks shut yeah, down. Yeah, BHP closed, I think, in 97. Yeah, which is the same year the Knights won. <laughs> the grand final. I have, I have been told about the closing of the steel mill there. I was told that that, that had a huge effect Massive. on Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. why the footy really mattered a lot to a lot of people. Like we, we talk about the okay. footy on our pod quite a bit and it's not yeah. for no reason. Um, yeah. I think it, it means a lot to a lot of people here um, as a post-industrial town. Like we're still – the town is still figuring out its identity and where it wants to go. Um, okay. The, there's a university here uh, – Probably the most neoliberal institution I've ever come across in my entire life. It fucking really? Sucks. How so? The quality of the education in the time that I was there, so I was there for 10 years, the quality yeah. of education from when I started to when I finished was very, very vast to compared to the, um, the ways they tried to extort money from students. Um, mm, yeah. the, the, the academics aren't uh, assessed on their their research or their uh, their teaching ability, but mm. beyond their customer feedback. And by customer feedback, I mean student feedback. And if the students don't like a teacher, they'll get they'll get fired from teaching and pushed into the lab, uh, kind of thing. So okay, yeah. yeah it's, and is there one? Is it one of those places with a big focus on like vocational training? Yeah, yeah. That's what I got when I was there. So a lot of um. Like it's it's huge in nursing, which is great, but there's also like um, the biz- school of business and law, massive mm. money maker for them. Mm. Um, engineering is the next big one, which you would expect in a coal town. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's um that kind of reflects where Newcastle, I think, is heading. It's, it it builds itself as a quote unquote world class university, yeah, a world class town. But the infrastructure and ability of the town and the university don't really reflect that. Mm. So it's interesting. I, I worked in vocational training for in a previous life for you know many years, like five or ten years, and I, um, I actually trained people out in Newcastle at one point. I was out there for several weeks at one point, and I, I, um, I you know, I understand the use of it and the, the, the fact that, you know, you can uh, broaden training and, like, you know, you can fund training for all different kinds of very specific industries and what have you. But I do think in the context of our um, the various governments that have propped it up, sometimes at the expense of, you know, publicly funded uh, academic education over the years, I, I wonder if there's been a, you know, part of the point of all that has been that kind of neoliberal uh, transactional approach yeah. to education. You know what I mean? It's yeah. prioritising that idea that this is so you get a job. You're not bloody donuts. So you can be some bloody lefty yeah. bloody art student. For you're the not, you're not here to learn. Time. You're not here to learn. You're getting job ready, which is hilarious because, I mean, Alex has a PhD. I've just finished my degree. Neither of us can find a fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm working at a pet shop. Yeah. <laughs> What well, was well, not bloody good enough for you to bloody be builders? Not true. You know? well, if I could Go be a builder, I would be. <laughs> I, I oh a, look, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think we live in this ludicrous world where that that uh, yeah. I think in the political context is what gets me shat off about a lot of that kind of thing. Is that that this this sham idea that academics 
the elite. <laughs> it's silly, really. I mean, there's this, this huge burgeoning sort of like office professional class, mind you, but they all get chump change, and by and large, anyway. And um, and and I, I think by and large, the people who usually hold the real cash are sort of like small business trades owners and what yeah. have you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> like money must... coming out the wazoo, and I'm, you know, and you're supposed to be an, an, an elite for having yeah. gone and studied something that earns your bugger all, and you can't get the job related to it. Most um <laughs> most most academics that oh a lot of academics that I knew um at at the university are uh, casually employed. And that, that's that's a nationwide problem. I think that they can be fired at any time. The mm. the education union for tertiary institutions generally don't accept casual members, so they don't bargain for them. So they're yeah. they're they're not really a, an elite. They just, mm. just they're paid well when they can get the work, and yeah. that's that's a lot less than you you would think. But yeah, I think that fits pretty well in with with what Newcastle is like. Um, we've got beautiful beaches, uh, great bushland, um, uh, quite a, quite a lot of, um, cultural history in terms of, uh, like organizing and, and, and labor union movement. So like, for example, Sick, like yeah. the Rothbury riots and, and things like that. Um, and also a really, really rich, um, uh, Indigenous history, which I, I'm yeah. quite ashamed to say, I'm not super like I'm not comfortable discussing right now because I don't know enough about it. But okay, um, yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of um, different uh, environmental sort of climates mm-hmm. around Newcastle, like mm-hmm. a lot of swampland, a lot of like gum eucalyptus forests, and yeah, that that really informed a lot of like the cultural uh, development of the Newcastle region as well. So it's a beautiful, beautiful place in the world, I think is what we're really It really is. I find it incredibly beautiful. I feel the beach there is amazing. Like I love wandering along it. And, hey, and you've got the Honeysuckle Precinct. Yeah, it's changed quite a bit in <laughs> <laughs> the last we few years. <laughs> so, can I talk about the honeysuckle? So when I I went there, well, I was working there. As I said earlier, I was working there for a few weeks, and someone said to me, "Oh, there's a honeysuckle precinct. You'll really love it." And I went there. <laughs> and, and then someone else said to me, "Oh, there's this. Have you been to the honeysuckle precinct? You would absolutely love it." And I'm like, yeah, I went this, you know, it's they're like, it's just like South Bank. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah. You'll love it. There's a there's a there's a James Squire bar. <laughs> it's a great place to get punched in the head. It's a fantastic place to get punched in the head. Yeah, or thrown into the well, harbour. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what they were saying was that, and I think at that stage it was relatively done up or newish or what have you. And I think what they were saying is like, you're a Melbourne wanker, yeah. so you <laughs> will like that. You'll feel comfortable there. <laughs> there's water. Look, there's a breeze sometimes, so it's a bit colder. So uh, yeah, go for it. Really, lots of people fishing out of a body out of a, a body of water that you like. Sort of can't eat the fish out of. <laughs> <laughs> and is that an area to get punched in the head? Is it? Is that good for that? Um, there there was an incident. A while ago, I want to say it was maybe early last year. The kind of place where uh, it's it's generally full of uh, meatheady, uh, quote unquote, jock types. Yeah, 
um, yeah. who have always yeah. they've all kind of had a, a skinful. Yeah, or their their dads are loaded, so they've got good jobs. Yes, and uh, they're happy to pay ten dollars for a schooner. Yeah, the other thing we have in Newcastle is more apartment developments than you can shake a stick at oh, at the moment. They're fucking... going up everywhere. Uh, That's what we need. That's what we yeah. need. We need prefab apartments everywhere, yeah. so that Big people can invest in them. All empty. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, the students are going to live there. Oh, the university man. opens. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Touch it's, wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all of it, it's 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 heading towards a very business oriented environment. So, so the university partners with council, partners with business. Yeah. Wrap it up like it's a great thing, mm-hmm. and none of those things should be independent. And you know, sell it to the to the people of the town, like sell it to this, the masses. Yeah. This is going to be great for the city. Is it? It's going to be great for like five people. <laughs> it's going to be great for yeah, a handful of people. Oh, oh I just remembered a, a Newcastle culture, a bit of a culture. There's a, a fucking, what is it? Is a, um, what is, uh, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a caravan. Oh, not a caravan, like a um, food truck. Harry's Cafe to Wheels. That's a Sydney thing too, I think. I I was crestfallen when I found out that that wasn't just Newcastle. (laughs) (laughs) Driving down to Tempe being like, what the fuck? There's a Harry's here. And that was the first one. I was like, oh, Jesus Uh, Christ. My whole life is a lie. Look, there's other good things. There's... It's really just the beaches and, uh, I mean, I've always been growing up in Newcastle, uh, being into music or, you know, art or whatever else it, uh, as a sort of teenager, early twenties person, Newcastle's a, a great place. If you have the imagination to make your own fun, put on your own shows and sort of, it's a really, it has a, a lot of history culturally with people kind of getting their hands dirty and doing things themselves. In terms of, I have heard before that there is a pretty impressive indie kind of rock scene, like DIY kind of history when it comes to Newcastle. Like, like the, it might not be as vibrant now, but there used to be like a pretty big scene for 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 music and what have you. Yeah. Know? You ever heard of um, Silverchair? <laughs> <laughs> Is oh, that from that bit? Is it? Yeah, Silver Silverchair from Newey, but they're not. They're not quite. I don't think they were part of that. No, they weren't from There are some really great bands from Newcastle, like Feel Like Us, fucking fantastic, bunch of legends. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of great Newey bands. Yeah, like Screaming Jets. Screaming Jets. Oh, that's fine. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's too many to name, but yeah. um, you're right, Tom. Yeah, there, uh, I was lucky enough to be a part of the, the well, one iteration of the kind of DIY scene in Newcastle when I was sort of in my early to mid-20s. Um, the kind, I mean, in terms of uh, larger gigs and that kind of thing happening, there was kind of like you were either an indie rock band or a hardcore band. Uh, the band that I was in sort of fit a little bit into the middle ground. We were like too heavy for the indie shows, too weird for the hardcore shows. And yeah. uh, we found this little kind of niche with all the other people that wouldn't fit in in those sort of little boxes. And everyone like, you know, uh, everyone was able to – put their differences aside and kind of just be like, oh, well, we're making music. And everyone would just, again, get in there and get their hands dirty and do it themselves. <laughs> it's fucking a really, a really, a really beautiful thing to be a part of. And like, 
exactly what I would have needed and what a lot of other sort of teenage to mid-20s people would have needed growing up. Like, So people like us, so when I say us, I mean, I'm not from Newcastle. I'm from Melton. And, uh, you know, Melton, <laughs> Melton is, Melton's, you know, it'd be a rare day on which you catch me uh, not telling you that Melton's horrible. But the the... There's a one of my favourite things about some of Australia and some Australians is that ability to kind of embrace your cultural cringe. Mm. You know what I mean? And that kind of robust thing where you're happy to talk about how rubbish where you grew up is. Mm. That, that's my. That's my, you know, but you can, you can, you develop a robust love for something. I've often thought, like, in terms of looking at, you know, patriots of various waves of those kinds of movements and what have you, this kind of blind love for something, this mm. dumb, almost American-esque kind of blind loyalty to something has mm. never been my jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather we shit must, all over something. I was going to say we must protect the honeysuckle precinct at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Western, what is it? The uh, Western civilization is under threat. We must protect the party circle precinct. <laughs> Which uh, way, Western man? <laughs> to the Dunya Suckle Precinct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, re- <laughs> reject, re- reject cafes and brace honey suckle. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, you did have some reclaim rallies. Uh, uh, that, that Unfortunately, was, was yeah. A big, yeah, yeah. Were, were you guys involved in anti-fascism at that time or, or were you? did you have any uh, relationship with that kind of response? Because there was a big, pretty big anti-fascist response, as I understand it. There is. There is. Uh, a few people we know uh, are a lot more involved than we are. I wasn't personally, not at that point, no. Oh, we all have our awakening points. I don't think at the time of those rallies that I was involved in any way, shape or form with active anti-fascism stuff either. So, no. Yeah. Re- Reclaim would have been about 20, 2016, right? I was probably at uni at the time. I remember. Yeah. yeah, ideologically, like obviously I've always been opposed to that kind of thing, but um, in terms of praxis, I've always been, you know, a little bit slack with that kind of shit. Like, I'm either like at work or like, um, uh, in doing doing uni kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. being a doctor, not really a, a good excuse, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, we all have our awakening moments or our ways in which we contribute. There's for some people for whom you know. Uh, that sort of in-person attendance of that rally stuff is absolutely impossible, you know. I, I, I wrote in an article earlier in the year that I certainly feel like for the past year or two that the, the, the most important anti-fascists in Australia have been researchers, you know, and it wouldn't yeah. matter if they ever came out. It was the information that they shared, uh, whether it just be online or with the media or with, you know, whoever, that that did more damage to, to organised racists and what have you than than any fucking rally. Do you have any names for us to do a bit more reading on? Certainly. I mean, I, I think that the work um, in 2000 and, uh, say 18, 19 of, say, the White Rose Society yep. um, did a bigger blow to um, uh, Fraser Anning in terms of exposing his neo-Nazi connections mm. and therefore removing, you know, like whittling down any media relationship that he had and therefore removing him 
you know, denying him his Senate seat. I think they did more with that than anything. Yeah. Uh, than anything else. I mean, Egg Boy probably got, dealt him a, a, a deathly blow. Shout out, Egg um, Boy. <laughs> yeah, shout big out to Egg shout, Boy. Big shouts to Egg Boy. Um, the thing about some of the people I'm talking about is that they're not really public figures and yeah. they, they don't really want those, you know, don't really want to be uh, adorned in in likes and shares and what have you, <laughs> like, um, you know. Um, All the attention like, from the, the people there <laughs> are resisting. Yeah, that. totally. I mean, you know, some of these people, um, are, you know, like heroic in my eyes for some of the um, blows they've managed to deal in covert or underhanded ways towards organised racists <laughs> and they'll never be known because they don't want to be because they've got jobs or lives or they don't want to be targeted by nationalists, you know what I mean? What's that iconic food that they serve at the Harry's truck? That's what I meant to say before. I forget. What is they it? Do it's got like a pie peas with or something? Mushy peas on Mushy top, peas yeah. is good, yeah. You can just get the mushy peas, which is great for the veggies. Oh, really? So, hang on. Is it the hollowed out shell of a pie with mushy peas in it? I there? believe so, Ooh, yeah. A lot of tomato good. sauce, too. Oh, God. Australia, I'll back huh? I back it. It's fucking delicious. Do you have people in Newy who are fans of the podcast and what have you? We can't even get our friends to listen to <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I mean, uh, no, not really. Nah. No. We had a few, like a couple of like international listeners, which is cool. Like we always see the little yeah, chat on there, which is always great. Um, yeah, yeah, that not, is mad. Not a lot. Yeah. I don't I don't really pay too much attention to the, the plays and the listens personally, but the whole the whole idea mm. behind us doing the podcast was to try and kind of get local people a bit more involved and a bit more, I think, knowledgeable about this kind of thing. Yeah. Figure out what the fuck's happening. Generally. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, I mean I guess yeah, people uh people are hard to reach. Uh, a lot of people have th- this kind of neolib uh, brainworm. That's something I have like genuinely noticed is that people kind of can't get past maybe the title <laughs> and they're like, oh, those guys are racist or something. And it's like, well. Oh, yeah. Look, when I was advertised, when I said that uh, like I was on a podcast with uh, at the, as a white man podcast talking about Isaac Butterfield, yeah, people. Some people were like, "I'm not. What's that?" I'm like, "Well, mm. obviously, I haven't elected to go and <laughs> you've you've done a full pivot." <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not going to. This is not like a. Hey, obviously, it's a joke. You know, you don't. It's almost like people don't understand irony. Here's here's <laughs> the thing. I I I often wrestle with the way that um. There's a lot of white people in anti-racism who tend to decry or uh, critique or whatever you want to call it, whiteness, without mentioning that they're white. And I, and I, I don't like that very it much. It comes across as genuine. Yeah. There's a lot of people that will do the white manning thing, which is fair, fine, but when you discover that they're a white man or a white woman themselves, you think to yourself, I don't know why you're not shipping yourself as part of that because you actually are. And I, I'm not saying that we need to you know, be proud. A sort of pride in uh, whiteness. <laughs> 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 
The whole, the whole thing reminds me. It, it reminds me of a few months ago during the Black Lives Matter protests in, I think it was Washington or New York, where all the white people at the at the protests uh, got on their hands and knees, um, like sort of did the the downward facing dog sort of stance, their favorite yoga. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, they, yeah. They, they relinquished their white privilege. So, in a ritual, yeah, mm, yeah, that, a that's, performance. That's what it reminds me of. I did a brief video about it. And I remember having a yarn about it. I thought, oh no, I can't let this. I have to talk about this. I, I actually spent quite a while looking for that. I'm like, surely this is a joke. Surely this is a misrepresented thing by an Andy No type or what have you. You know, they've misrepresented the context here deliberately because it fits their narrative or what have you. But uh, you know, it's in the end, it turned out that I, as I understand it. That that's exactly what happened, and it's a strange thing. It's a strange. Um, I'm going to be doing a digital show um, for the Melbourne Fringe Festival this year, and Sick. some of the stuff I'm exploring is this weird uh, relationship that white people have with, um, like, exploring their relationship with race through self-centering performance, and whether that be through like. Um, the 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 rituals or, or what have you of white pride or white supremacy, or through these very performative rituals of like corporate or or neo-libby kind of anti-racism. It's like everyone has to do this thing in which they like you do some sort of kind of purifying ritual, whether it be a purifying white pride ritual or yeah, you do book, a ritual yeah. of the, like that ridiculousness, that's and that's not really what white fragility. Yeah, reading white fragility. That's that you absolve yourself of your white privilege yeah. if you read that book. I mean, we obviously didn't have uh, protests in Newcastle or in Australia really that were quite as large as the ones in Washington. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, a lot of the people that we know and a lot of the people that I personally follow on Instagram who have been absolutely tapping the shit out of their phones and sharing every single macro meme about white fragility would be the type of people who would do that. Yeah. If that, if the opportunity arose, they yes, would be on, let me. on their knees, just like they would be there holding their shoes, waiting for the moment to like yeah. get down. And- yeah. it's And it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I don't want to be there saying that um, there should be no conversation on no, like, in which white people, uh, you know, take time to reflect and make themselves more useful uh, comrade or or less of an obstruction to say you know non-white people you know in situations yeah. so that they're not making it all those are important conversations to have it's just that um the ritualized or the self-centering aspect of it is weird and i've got to think about a lot of this stuff anyway i mean you know, i've got this fucking you know this little platform in which i put my name on everything and that would naturally lend itself to a white savior or a hero narrative you know and i mean i mean i might as well go and fucking you know it's one step away from me having one of those profile pics where it's like me at a rally like a professional photo shoot with a mm, megaphone yeah, yeah. and then like you know what i mean like I, you can start believing that you're the white saviour hero that's going to fix all racism and what have you. So, yeah, I've got, I've got to think about these things. I think a bit but of I prefer to. Oh, sorry. I think I think a bit of nuance does everyone well, you know. Like mm. uh, we, we certainly had no idea that it would write off like any chance for people to, to sort of like 
be inclined to listen to what we have to say. <laughs> Where would we pick that name out? I thought people would be mad at it for two it seconds. It, was, it is yeah, a great name. It's great because like, I, I would like to think that like we provide a little bit of nuance, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think having that level of like self-criticism and being able to not be afraid to like jump into things that can get you like cancelled mm. for, uh, I just need yeah. a little like, bendy finger things yeah when i said cancelled just i don't think (laughs) (laughs) just so people don't think i'm like worried about cancel culture um (laughs) well you know i've listened to your podcast and it's all you've talked about for the past three months you know every episode is titled (laughs) alex Alex getting cancelled against cancel culture like oh god here we go another episode about (laughs) (laughs) i've got am i cancelled not really my favorite uh, tabs. <laughs> also, can I just say that if, if anyone is going to cancel Alex, it's me. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've got the dirt, baby. Listen, guys, I think that you should be concerned about cancel culture. You know, you 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 may think you may sit there saying that cancel culture is not really a thing, and it's just really the virtue of well, the byproduct of several decades worth of you know like internet native internet culture and what have you and that everyone is slightly machiavellian in nature owing to the the nature of the internet and 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 social media itself you know you may say all those things but you know you'd be wrong and i think that the ultimate proof for that is your most famous political contemporary in newcastle the best novocastrian of all time um, isaac butterfield Jesus Christ. The heel, we like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> your, your best Newcastle guy. I suppose he is probably the, mo- the most high-profile Novocastrian at this point, right? Current, currently oh, operating. He, he's not. That can't be true, can uh, it? I mean, apart from the footy team. But I don't – like, Kalen Pong is from Port Hedland. He's not from Newcastle. Yeah. He's the highest-profile fo- football player we have. Yeah. Uh, I reckon, like, that. that's pretty close. He'd Look at the there. fucking views on his videos. They're millions. Truly disturbing views. He does get lots of people to look at his videos, and that is a virtue in 2020, isn't it? That is a powerful virtue. It does mean that he's right with the things that he says. He speaks the truth. When, and the truth is evidenced in the view count. You're not I wrong. Uh, I just I've been stinging for someone who just like who just speaks their mind. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, just fucking not afraid of you know saying it like it is. Yeah, he calls a spade a spade. Yeah, he's done four fucking videos. He's done four videos, and I would imagine counting. He's done four videos about the fact that he got in trouble. <laughs> like, as in people said online about the things that came out in his last shitty special. It for like going, ah. You would have seen the video. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember when he said, what did he say? He said that Christ no, no cabbies in Christchurch. Oh. Yeah, he did that Rodney Rude fucking ostentatious 70s working class comedy club soft racist casual Dennis Leary did it in the nineties and Dennis Leary did it better. It's just it was just casually offensive to, you know, people who loved someone who died in Christchurch. Mm. It's just a joke though. 
you know, but you say oh, I'm a leftist and I can't. I can't, I can't view things as just that. No, I, I can't. I always have to, I think to myself, I don't like your success and I'm going to make you pay. Yeah. I'm, lose your sponsors. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of your beard. I'm jealous of your beard and your, real your comedy special that was taken away from you cruelly. <laughs> I'm jealous of how tough and strong he is it's, and how he has such creative freedom to uh, go top ten things about America, what's not same as Australia. <laughs> <laughs> top ten American things that Australians don't like about America. The problem oh, with femininity. Uh, we watch. We, what was the title of the video? That was it. Yeah, the problem with modern femininity, where yeah. he talks that he uh, he uh, he he posits a, a new theory that he's he's come up with called the the Cardi B effect. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this one, Tom. Oh God, I'm gonna get angry at what you say here because it's just gonna be so fucking bland, and that's why I hate. I hate the blandness. Go on, tell me what the Cardi the B. The just hates women and sex workers. Is TLDR, but yeah, basically, he kind of like it's it's basically his uh, breakdown and criticism of uh, the, that that WAP song, the ubiquitous uh, uh, WAP song. Yeah, which what's, it, what's wrong with that? Oh, uh, I mean, it's 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 basically him being mad that uh, Cardi B was a stripper and now she's richer than him. Uh, mm. Basically, talking about. Uh, you know these these women think they're so they're so good because they I don't know are hot and sexy and use their sexuality to like get money or get whatever. Money, yeah. Um, but he uses he uses this uh he uses this phrase where he's talking about uh being it, it, yeah the the Cardi B effect being uh being overly sexual on so, on social media as a front for being intellectual. And all I could think of was like. Dude, like you're using being loud and having a beard as a front for like being funny. It's like, <laughs> which is just a continuation of him being mad at outrage culture, but like being outraged about it and then posting videos. It's, oh, dude. I'm not mad. You're just stupid. I'm not stupid. He's such a shit guy. I should clarify for everyone listening that, um, so. Sometime, as we mentioned at the start of our chat, sometime ago I went on the, uh, um, the as a white man podcast with James and Alex, and we we spent most of our time uh, talking about <laughs> Isaac Butterfield. Um, I think we'd initially linked up um, through the subject of you know, our mutual uh, distaste for the overwhelming blandness. Of, of Isaac Butterfield, and um, we thought it would be funny to shit on him uh, together. And then that was that that was that was all good and well. That was right. It was something we you know we should have done um, because he's he's really shit, and it's a real shame that he's as popular as he is. But then. Um, and then I actually committed. I have to apologise to you both. That's something I wanted to do at the start of the chat, but I, I have to apologise because I committed on there. I said, you know, if he ever responds to this, then uh, from now on I'm only ever going to do things 
you know, I'm only ever going to acknowledge his existence from now on through your podcast. I sort of arrogantly volunteered myself as, <laughs> only, <laughs> as only talking about Isaac from now on through your podcast, which just seemed appropriate. It seemed like the, the antithesis of someone like him, you know, because he had invited me at that stage. He called me out for calling him corny, and and I had said, well, no, I'm only going to talk to to respond to you through this podcast. Not you even need to mine, have a notocaster not... in the room at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a it just like the opposite of like, yeah, because, I mean, someone like that, they, they need to have their little beefs in which they call people out and then I go on his podcast because he'd invited me on to his grunk fucking dickhead podcast to talk to him about why I'd called him a fascist when I hadn't. I called him corny. Um Everyone listening to this has already heard me. If you watch the videos, I know about this by now. Just a quick aside, he- I'm very sorry. Uh, on his mm. pre-cancellation video that he made, the video that he made before yeah. he got cancelled, uh, I would just yeah. like to point out that he doesn't even know how to spell fascist. <laughs> what did he spell it as? F-A-C-I-S-T. He's so insecure he can't even like it's like all out there. <laughs> Fucking dumb cut. Oh, what a sweet guy. Remember when he said um remember when he said did you guys see when he was getting into it with Vosh? No. The YouTuber Vosh. Oh, that no. was really funny. Vosh is a lot better than him. In every respect, and Vosh, um, Vosh, he, he goes like he was. Vosh called him a reactionary, and Isaac responded by going, "What? Yeah, I'm a reactionary. I re- I do reaction videos to things." <laughs> but he thought that's what that meant. <laughs> Don't we all have reactions sometimes? Oh, <laughs> oh Christ. Beautiful. How dare these cunts think that their view count means that they're entitled to weigh in with their 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 intellectual betters on things they don't know anything about? Honestly, that's why you know? I like being a leftist because the work you have to do to ha- like have a voice in discord, you have to work twice as hard as like dumb motherfuckers like Isaac Butterfield to to be taken seriously. Yeah. But he can just say whatever the fuck he wants and no one, like, pulls him up on it because everyone that listens to him is also probably either uh, an idiot or... 13. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, totally. Well, here's the thing, you know. Look, I've just released a two-part video series on on QAnon. I'm very proud of those videos. I worked very hard on them. Uh, But I, I... Needed, so I was. I said to myself, okay, so we're all stuck at home during the pandemic. I need to start making long form videos. To me, I need to start trying to make videos that I think stand up in the the same realm of quality as uh, you know. And I'm not. So I, these are people that I love very much, as like contrapoints or philosophy tube. Or yeah, absolutely. I want to make videos that that I think are my own, but I think you know stand up reasonably against those videos. They would fit well in, in a their playlist. own way. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I need to start doing that, but, but that's because that's my competition, and because everyone who consumes left content has a lot of there's a lot of talent out there. And actually, what you're looking for, me, you're looking for decent 
left content is you're looking for the whole kit and caboodle. You're looking for good production values. You're looking for good politics. You're looking for humor. You're looking for a whole bunch of stuff. When you like someone like Ben Shapiro at the top of the pile, but let's just like go to the bottom of the pile and you're a 14 year old boy who wishes you had a beard and you haven't come before. You wish you could. <laughs> and, and you, you're trying to, you're trying to bat off to Cardi B, but you can't come yet. So you hate her. And that, and that, <laughs> <laughs> That's why, yeah, because your the girls at high school don't look at you yet. Be mad and, at Cardi B because you haven't hit puberty. Yet. <laughs> That's right, yeah, and you, therefore you listen to Isaac Butterfield. That you don't have to have anything when you're an Isaac Butterfield. All you have to do is parrot the same dumb talking points that the rest of them do, and that's all he does. He doesn't have to have any kind of reasonable skill set. I'm not saying he doesn't have an excellent self-promotional, uh, you know, talent or, or, or you know, uh, work ethic. Like he puts out a lot of his horrible videos. That that takes, uh, so I suppose, it takes some amount of work. Not Given, enough to stay know. on Patreon though. Which is why oh, he, yeah, he lost, got rid of his Patreon. <laughs> Patreon wasn't wasn't a big enough money spinner, so he's turned to uh, doing heaps of merch now and shitting on OnlyFans. Honestly, I feel I, I'm going to take a punt here. I reckon he cancelled his Patreon because he found out that I had more than him. <laughs> <laughs> he looked no. So, uh, sorry, hang on. We'll catch it. We'll get back to that. I just want to tell the end of the story. I betrayed you both because I committed to talking on your pod about him. But then, and I said I wasn't going to do any content about it, but then he, he had the nerve to get RV Emony onto his podcast. Weasel. And they both talked about me at length on there. And I thought, no, fuck you. You're in the ring now, you dog. <laughs> like, you're a shit cunt comedian, but you're going to start doing shit with people like him and Count Dankula, for fuck's sake. You know, Michaela Peterson, people like that. You, you're now... You're 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 still a shit ton, and you're still manifestly beneath me in every regard. But now you're in the ring. So then I ended up making two pretty long videos about him. So I am sorry, and you know, hopefully that you're coming on this podcast can can start to redress my my um my my the fact that I lied to you all. Uh, <laughs> dude, honestly. <laughs> We don't care. <laughs> we don't give a shit. It's funny though. That, it's funny you bring up Michaela Peterson because we watched this video of his before, and all I could think when I watched it was a crude, low rent Jordan Peterson. Yeah, that's all he is. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, she's not as good as Jordan, as her father, and that's why she's trapped in, in, uh, uh, you know, in a facility in Europe. And is drugging him to death. He's weekend at Bernie. He's getting weekend at Bernie. He really is. Oh yeah, the, hang on. This what? Sorry, to doubling back. I told the story, but I was just going to say. So he was saw an RV Yemeni and fucking he he looked at my Patreon, and I, I'm not I'm not here to measure dick sizes in terms of followers. I don't do what they do, but that's what they do. That's their caper. Like I'll go, you're a, a rubbish cunt, and then they'll go look at how much more popular I am than you. I'm the most popular guy in high school. You know, like yeah. they'll say that. So it was just really funny to see him looking at it in the middle of it and then he realised that I had a few more than him. <laughs> I mean, he gets all his money. I know he gets his money to other means. I don't fucking care. But I just, and then he shut his Patreon down not long after, but I'd screenshotted it before he'd done that. And I was like, hang on. He didn't, he didn't have that many Patreons. So he has to sell his shirts to 14-year-old boys. It looks like who, Mad Huey's merch. Um, have you ever seen that shit? 
I saw Man Huey's merch in fucking Bali, would yeah, you believe? Yeah, that's what his merch looks like. On the uh, on the thirteen year old boy shtick, uh, we on the he had like a full pre roll ad uh, at the beginning of his video that we watched earlier, sort of hawking all of his merch. Uh, I guess his mm. new his new catchphrase is calling everything like moist, uh, which is literally like you know that's a gag that I remember. From high school, <laughs> you know. I suppose it's a good grift if you can get it. You know, I mean, I, I, I know, I, I suppose it's that. You know, the only thing that, and this is an important thing to remind ourselves of, the only thing that warrants talk, makes him, you know, worth talking about is the amount of 14-year-olds that follow him. You know, because he doesn't ever say anything that's um, substantial or worth it. He's never made up a point in his life about anything. No. So, you know, he's never really thought about anything before. So, I, I, you know, I, I comfort myself with the idea that he knows he's not really adding anything to any discussion. He's just popular. You know, he's just worth talking about purely because he is popular with so many little boys. Well, you know? that's right. He's never he he was never popular in high school. He was probably bullied in high school. Was never able to talk to girls in high school. I mean, me either. But like, that's fine. <laughs> you um, turned into a uh, reaction video guy, though. Yeah, I'm just hot as fuck now. That's fine. <laughs> I got him. I got him this You dealt with it by becoming a hunk. You know? Yeah, you became a fucking stud. I did the work, bro. <laughs> uh, not really. Let's, please don't look me up on the internet, anybody. Nah, you do it. He's hot. As fuck, bro. Uh, but yeah, but like you know, this is him. Like sub. Like in his in his bro. He's like, I'm finally popular. Like, uh, people finally like me, you know? <laughs> yeah, Isaac, you're a good cunt. Yeah. Be a, be a, be a good motherfucker good and buy my shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw a comment. Someone commented. They're like, oh, but you, you know, you get these comments. Oh, but you, me missus loves you. Me missus is going to fucking, oh, I was going to go to your show, but me missus was having her baby couldn't fucking, she couldn't, yeah, bloody Sheila's. Yeah, but then he goes, oh, put me 11-year-old son on the videos and he <laughs> loves them. And that's his core demographic, yes. right? Molding, molding little boys' brains. Let, at least he's probably not grooming them. Probably. He got so mad. You should say there was some meme page, right? There's a meme page called the Labor Wave Initiative. And yeah. so he was having this argument with uh, that YouTuber, Vosh. Vosh went a bit overboard and Vosh just out and out called him a groomer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, the, the, he threw a bit of a wobbly about that. Vosh ended up apologising for it. Vosh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Vosh is kind of like debate bro YouTube. So, like, you know, if he feels like he hasn't got something to back up what he says, he'll probably walk it back invariably, I suppose. I suppose that's all that was happening there. So he said sorry. He said, you know what, I don't have any proof that you're a rumour. So, you know. But then um, everyone could see how annoyed it made I was at Butterfield. So there were, like, little meme pages making memes about how he's such a groomer. And it made him so angry. This guy who's got millions, millions of people following him was furious that this little meme page made a picture about him. And he he wasted Count Dankula's time on his podcast raging about this one meme. 
<laughs> a bat? How fragile! I'd be so but mad if I was with... that guy. I'd be like, what, like, what's this got to do with me? <laughs> yeah, you could see Count Dankula. Count Dankula's a fucking idiot, but, you know, he's just like, they're all simple as but like you could see even Count Dangula's <laughs> eyes were glazing over, like having to hear about this one meme. Isaac, if you're listening, we are not calling you a groomer. I am. He is a groomer. <laughs> is he is he spoken about, you know, are they down at Harry's having a mushy pea pie <laughs> talking about Butsy? I mean, is is that no. happening in the town? Oh, I don't hang out with any thirteen-year-olds. Yeah, so I don't really honestly. Know I've seen my brother watch his videos, <laughs> but he goes like, "Oh no!" Nah. I'm like, he watches a lot of credit to him. Shout out, Ned. Uh, he watches a lot of like reactionary videos in the hopes to like learn how to debate them, which I I fully encourage. But uh, no, I don't really know anyone that takes a Batman seriously. Uh, the only, I mean, when we posted. Uh, about the ep that we did with you, Tom. The only yeah, we got nothing but oh my god, are you friends with that guy? About Isaac, yeah, uh, and that's how that's how we heard that's how we got wind of his uh, you know, unsolicited dick pic history and which he got hacked over. Oh yeah, that wasn't him. He he definitely got hacked, which was before he was you know a YouTube guy. So I don't know. Who, hang, hang, hang on a sec. So he had said he because he did a video of <laughs> I, I was alerted to about addressing allegations, and he said that it was all made up. But w- what's this about him being hacked? <laughs> uh, I I haven't seen it, but uh, apparently he addressed the the dick pic thing in one of his videos. Right? Yeah, the pre cancellation video. I think we're talking about the yeah. same one, Tom. Uh, so uh, he, he's running through all these things that he could be cancelled for and getting on top of them, essentially. <laughs> yeah, nipping in the bud. Yeah, nipping it in the bud. It's like, <laughs> I send dick pics to people. Well, yeah, who fucking doesn't? Uh, but some people think I've sent unsolicited dick pics. You did. Uh, what happened here? He is, did. He did. Yeah, what, he did. What happened I, there happened. by Snapchat? If Butsy's listening, I would say that, you know what, Butsy won't be listening. One of the two admins or mods of these obsessive Isaac Butterfield forums that feed content to him because he's too lazy to find anything or care about anything himself, they might listen, particularly if I share it in the group under a sock account. But anyway, so the... They, they, he, if he, if he's listening, I would just say to him, you know, we're not interested in all of the horrible things you've done. We've been told about them. There's a reason I never got into all those things. It's just because, you know, I thought I'd just keep it simple. You're a corny, bland cunt. You know what I mean? That was always sort of like the yeah. thing that I thought was the most pressing thing. I mean, yes, I've heard lots of things about the amount of of uh, women that he sent unsolicited dick pics to, but. You know, like he's probably banking on the fact that that was all several years ago. He's probably banking on on those women. You know, they probably don't have those picks anymore because it's been several years and they would have already released them by now. I think that's what he's probably banking on there. Yeah. Right? I think um, he probably thinks that. I mean, whether or not he's he knows about our pod, I don't even. I don't really give a shit to be honest. But right if, back to me. But like if that. he. If he he probably thinks that we're kind of like trying to dig up dirt on him or whatever, whatever. But it's like, no, these people came to us with these things because they thought we were like tight with him or like, hey, if you're friends with him, you need to know this. And we were like, oh, oh 
what? Okay. We're what not, we, but thanks. What do we do with this information now? It's, that's like, you know, and that's why he's such a figure of ridicule for us. Not only is, you know, he a loser who, you know, has legions of 13 year olds who will do his bidding, but like, you know, you're a scumbag and yeah. a total pest. And, you know, that, yeah. like the reason he's mad at feminists or, you know, Cardi B or Belle Delphine or whatever is because he knows that these women are like too, too smart to fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, 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 specifically yeah. Cardi B, who is, who, who knows Bernie Sanders on a first name basis. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I just, like, I don't like talking about him, but there's some things that like I feel like I need to say about him. And I like personally, I like to think of Isaac Butterfield as an onion. Here we go. One, he stinks. Okay. Like shit. He stinks like shit. An onion. Yeah. Smelled mm. really, really bad. Two. Yeah. He, okay. He's got multiple layers. So he's got yes the top, which is you know, uh, <laughs> just horny fucking idiocy. Yeah, famously <laughs> characteristic of onions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah. as a layer, yeah, yeah, no, I'm delving into the layers here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Making me look like a sorry. Idiot. Go on, go on. I'm on the big colors podcast. I know, right I'm here. sorry. <laughs> and that, like, if you go, you go, the further you go, the more, like, nefarious it is. So you go, like, he's a corny idiot. Okay. He, like, he, he says some sexist things. You go further. Oh, like, turns out he actually, like, hates sex workers and, uh, resents intellectual women yeah. who assert their sexuality. You go, yeah. deep, you go deeper than that. He's fine with calling women slut. Like, loves it. He, he, I haven't seen a single video where he doesn't say the word slut, which is uh, yeah, I mean, he loves it. He, he lo- does really love doing it. Not only does he say it, he yells it. Yeah, and you go another, you go another lady. He, he, he leans quite heavily on the. The, the masculine side of his identity. So he's obviously very, like, self-conscious about that. You go deeper still. He's very self-conscious. Very, yeah. very self-conscious, which goes to the next layer where he he might not be a, a out-and-out Nazi, but he's at least pretty racist about some things. Yeah. You go further down, he's, he's very close. He has Avi Yemeni on his podcast, and I'm not putting yes. a value statement on that, but he has Avi Yemeni on his podcast. There's that. And then you go further mm. and further down and the, the more and more, like, I don't want to say toxic because that's overdone, but, like, the more and more, like, yucky it gets, the closer you get to his core. And I think in his heart there's a deep, deep insecurity uh, around, like, uh, the the condition of... A, uh, a a modern masculine figure, mm. which yeah. it it's, it reflects a lot of the problems we're having in our um, like in Australia right now. So like his father, right, Tony Butterfield, night superstar. He's living in his shadow essentially. He's trying to like he's living him. in his dad's shadow. He'll never be as much of a man as his father, and that's that's an insecurity towards his masculinity, which. Is absolutely manifest the first time you look, spend 30 seconds listening to him. Yes. Yeah. Then you've got the fact that his father was supremely successful in Newcastle's lowest point. You know, the Mm. the most, it doesn't make sense, but the most post industrial Newcastle has ever been is the most successful his father ever wore. Yeah. 
So the reason I personally hate him is because it's it's his identity is inherently reactionary. Like uh, there's you you could have in a in a post industrial town a really strong labor movement turning it around uh, uh, and turn very hard left. He has gone the total opposite direction, which is uh, I'm not going to say hard right populism, but in that direction. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's a cheap kind of right populism. It really, really is cheap, dumb, low rent right populism. Absolutely. In, yep. Exactly. And he, and he leads on, as I said, leads on Jordan Peterson a lot, which is appealing mm-hmm. to right populism, but on a more um, neoliberal, internalized, ad- atomized, uh, individualistic level. And these are all the things that I I see in like. Not only like Newcastle, but like post Cold War society, and it he it just represents the worst part of of everything that we have to look at day to day in Newcastle. Yeah. And you, do, and you know what? And you take responsibility, don't you? You know, I mean, you, you're talking about you, you've just laid out a case for why someone like that, because it's not just about him. It's really even about him. As I said before, it's about their, the popularity of these people. Without their popularity, they'd just be another asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's only yeah. their popularity that, that means that there's something that Warren's talking about. And in your case, that's because, you know, well, it's because your politics and your standards for one thing, but it's also because, you know, I suppose that this person is um, would have themselves be representative in some sort of way of, of your town, but that that's that's very much not what you would want. That's not, not the fucking case. I, I sort of look at someone like that and I think to myself, well, you know, they're sitting there um, mentally conditioning these frustrated 11-year-old boys and, and you know, part of... Talking about people like that, it can get very frustrating. You said before you don't want to talk about the gun. I don't want to have to talk about the gun too. I hope he just gets his channels deleted and boots off. Yeah. We know that these pests won't. It's the same with Harvey, you know. They're around there and you do need to be able to model talking shit about these people and making a good case for why they're shit cunts and why they're wrong, you know. And and sometimes sometimes that's just going to have to be the business, the sordid business of poking, taking pot shots at them. Yeah, yeah. It can't always be. You know, I did I did fucking far too much on that pest, Arby Yemeni, way too much. You know, someone said to me the other day, "Oh, Arby's back in the news. He got arrested, and everyone's sharing his arrest about." Um, can you do another video? But I've had this whack-a-mole game of like, am I going to do another 30 minutes on this pest who then characterises me as a hater, you know, this basic-ass shit, you know, every time because they manage to do the one thing that they're really good at, which is misrepresenting stories and situations to, to, to you know, off the back of dumb, disingenuous far-right politics to promote themselves. God, yeah, know? it's all <laughs> self-promotion. And you know that Avi Yemeni's defence would just be like, I'm not a fascist, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what really gets me is that I think about maybe like uh, in another world, instead of my brother watching these motherfuckers' videos to think about how to debate them is him watching these videos and ingesting it instead of thinking of like uh, 
political and economic reasons why, you know, you can't get a job or why things are really, really tough right now. Instead of doing that on a material level, they're turning yeah. these videos and in taking them in on face value on an identity politics level mm. and think, mm. oh, you know, I can't get a job because of political correctness because I'm white. You know? <laughs> I can't get a job because they're going to hire – uh, a woman instead of mm. me. I'm gonna. I, I can't. I can't. You know, get into uni because they've got a certain amount of uh, indigenous people. They've got to allow into uni, and you know, poor people like me aren't going to get in there, even though I worked hard, kind of thing. And that yeah, it appeals to people's victim complexes, actually. Exactly, like, you know, young, frustrated white blokes' victim complexes, doesn't it? it? It's very funny because Isaac loves talking about victim complexes on people who are actually victimized in society, but he is the biggest victim complex I have ever seen in my entire life, mm. and I think that's what. Oh, he's like, a massive sook. He's it, a sook. He's a fucking baby, and like. That kind of thing is what we try and push against on on the pod because you know instead of like looking at like identity that that's where the the name came from like instead of looking at identity politics as to like a a, a source for a victim complex or a, a, a way to blame all our problems on we we I, I'm speaking on a personal level James I don't know if you agree with it but like I I personally like to try and look at you know cultural political. Uh, aspects of you know day to day life and apply a material and political, yeah. social, economic uh, analysis of it and try and explain why the world is so fucking shitty. How do we get here? Yeah, what the yeah. fuck's going on? Yeah. Well, I made a lot of my my platform, my name, out of being really nasty in one way, shape, or form about people that you know it, I conceive of it as bullying bullies. You know, I I think I I could I put together a fair bit of my platform into doing that. I did that with the old MFP stuff, and then with Yard and this and that. And you know, I, I've invariably found about a lot of the people there is that you know that I might do that with is that well, you know, in a way they feel sorry for themselves as well, so therefore they think I'm the bully, you know. But uh, so you know, it's it's a bit hard to 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 make that case sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know. People like that, they, they, as I said, they condition little boys in his case um, purely because it's a cheap and easy platform for them to continue to make content off the back of. Moulding the minds of teenage boys is like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't know, it's, uh, it's easy money for him. When do we? I, you know what? I've noticed this, and this is a positive thing in my mind. I've noticed that some of the big old YouTube names are back in the 2016 2017 grind uh, of, you know, when anti SJW content was huge, they have changed. And there has been a change among some of them. You know what I mean? I'm watching someone like H3H3, who was one of the biggest uh, YouTube content creators and used to do that, you know, like right along with the rest of them. Yeah. And now he's fucking talking to lefty content creators and he's rooting right over there, pro BLM stuff and what have you. And I noticed with some of the big dogs that real shift away from that, mm. that anti-SJW grind, which was always just fundamentally cynical, opportunistic, here's what's popular, here's what appeals to people's frustrations, don't have to actually think or, or craft real reasons for why people are, you know, like uh, why people are without opportunities in the modern world or what have you. You just need to appeal, appeal to people's base victim complex and tell them that their enemy is political.
political correctness or what have you. But you know, so people have moved on from that. But then you have these 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 grifters, and I will say, you know, as long as they're, they're fundamentally just ripping disingenuous content, then that is a grift, you know. Hundred percent. You have people like that. You there needs to be people talking about why you know, why they're grifters and why they're flogs. And even if it's just the subject, the exercise of us sitting here talking shit about them, without us doing it, then who does it? You're going you're gonna to challenge these motherfuckers at some point. Absolutely. You, you, like, it, it's, it's, like, I would like to think it's beneath me, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, if if not us, who? We're the final vanguard of and you know of political <laughs> correctness. We're the last bastion of political correctness. You know, I can't wait until that gets taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if somebody was going to get taken out of context between you, between us with a microphone involved, that is not it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. My favourite comedian is Stuart Lee. I don't know if you've listened to him much. UK uh, comedian. He's my favourite comic too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. If you have our sort of politics and just seeing someone who's able to really rip and get nasty whilst being able to make a genuine case for 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 for, for our kind of politics, you know, he's a hero to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's sort of thing talking about, you know, I really like political correctness. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 you know, maybe part of me doesn't agree because I just still think it's fundamentally uh, a fabricated right-wing construct. But at the same time, he was just saying, I mean, if we're talking about an awkward negotiation towards trying to consider the feelings of as many people as possible, you know, in a, in a modern world, mm. well, then, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with political correctness and I'm happy to be a nasty prick to you to defend it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, Me too. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think people get confused about what political correctness is, though. Like uh, using people's uh, preferred pronouns, not political correctness, more just you know regarding the humanity of another person. Mm. It's not. PC I like going- to frame. Th- uh, yes, I very much agree. I like to frame things in those ways. You're getting away from these thought terminating cliches, and if you can remind people, well, this is a matter of decency. You know, I mean, this is something that you, uh, you know, you may not have known about it before, but you not having known about this thing before does not mean it's wrong. It just means you don't know about it. Honestly, it's like if I called you Derek for the past hour and a half, like Mm. knowingly, like misaddressing you with a wrong name. it's, It's just fucking decency and like, you know, People singing about their 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 whack. Good yeah. on you. Good on you. You're having a horny time. I mean, I'm not going to resent you for making bank for that. <laughs> mm. Is it is it political correctness for us to not call Isaac Butterfield a sex pest? Open question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Isaac, if you're listening, either yeah, DM us, DM us, or send us a picture of your dick. <laughs> Still, yeah, as soon as you cock, you fucking asshole. <laughs> We'll, send we'll, us your, stop making videos and send us your cock, you fucking loser. Put your beard oil in and send us. Send we'll us verify it. with the actual photos and we'll, we can either. Yeah, we'll make sure it's the right one. We, we can either uh, absolve you of this crime or, you know, you might be in a bit of trouble. If you do, I'm going to say if you don't send us a picture of your dick, you send unsolicited dick pics. 
It's just that easy. Yeah, prove it. Yeah, you fucking, you've put him up against a the wall there. Yeah. He's going to have to now. Yeah. He's going to fucking have to. I've got him face first gonna... against the wall. My dick slided right. <laughs> what, 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 what was that gesture? <laughs> that was my thumb. Oh, listen. <laughs> Listen, you dog. It's meet us in the honeysuckle precinct at midnight. Otherwise, we'll tell cunts. Yeah, meet us in the chancellor. Lads, listen. Um, I, <laughs> I love you. I love you both. You're fine representatives of Newcastle. You're a lot better than that other asshole. And I really appreciate the conversation. Can I? Um, can I ask? Um, can, do you have anything to plug? Do you want to plug the pod? Where can people find yous? SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. Apple Podcasts, yeah. Uh, we do have a Twitter account, which, uh, Tom, you found out the hard way that nobody really checks. Uh, <laughs> but you can, yeah, follow us on uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or SoundCloud. Uh, we'll put up apps. If you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my personal account is SillyBugger69. Um, I would also like to say thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you for having us, Tom. We had a great time. Been a great chat, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I think these are funny and and accessible, and I just don't think there's anywhere near enough of that in sort of like lefty land in Australia, like people that just like have a yarn and and, and are accessible, and I I really appreciate it. Once this all lockdown hell's over and I'm next over Newcastle way, let's do an episode on someone's butt or something where we go. To Harry's together, Mate, absolutely. Yeah. We will get fucking blind. Oh, I thought you were going to say we'll Tell get me. we'll get a pie, but sure. Yeah. Oh, we can do that too. Yeah, yeah. one before the other. All right, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, take me on a tour of Newcastle. Oh, I'd love. To. We would love nothing more than to take you on a tour of Newcastle, Tom. That would be that would be great. Hell yeah. We'll meet the Butsman in Honeysuckle. There's different areas of Newcastle where he haunts, and I, I we we both know him. So it sounds like we have a tracking device. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Have <laughs> Let me just pull up my butts. Find my Butsman. Butsman. James and Alex of the As a White Man podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah.